0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 130 of the essential wrestling podcast. Ladies and gents, I am John DeConte, and we're here to take you through the week that was and preview the upcoming week of wrestling action, powered as always by the Easter Observer. You can taste the power, ladies and gentlemen. Here to help me stumble through is our UK and European expert, Gary Mahaffey. Gary, how are things this evening?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What people don't know won't hurt them. I think I must have came on about two seconds before we went live. I'm good, major computer issues all over the place. But we're here and we're ready to talk wrestling, so.
0: And I know you were feeling a little bit lousy this weekend, so I appreciate you powering through with us. And also joining us is our stateside NXT guru and the Iron Man of the EWP. And number four, John Smith. <laughs> Mr. Smith, how are you this evening?
2: Oh, delightful. <laughs> Ready to talk some wrestling. That's you know, it. I have some quip about my Jets, but we we lost our last three. You know, I just probably shouldn't have started wearing that stupid jersey on the on the podcast. <laughs> Jinxing everything.
0: Well, you'll always have uh, that Bears game.
2: <laughs> yeah, and the Browns comeback at the beginning of the year, that was epic. There you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to recap Raw, SmackDown, Impact, AW, and NXT make our pick for the week of uh, the upcoming matches, at least as far as the ones that were announced. And of course, those picks are sponsored by you'd think at some point I would figure out where all these things are. Crowell Wrestling pickem.com Play against your friends. Play against the universe.
2: Guys, <laughs> I like it too. Indeed.
0: Wah, wah. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's take a look at the Raw roll ups to start the week. Raw and W. Look at that in a dead tie. Oh, and yeah, let's take a look back at last week because we did make some picks for points. And yeah, we weren't a lot mm-hmm. of points on the line there. So John Smith, four and one.
2: Yeah, it started my epic comeback.
0: That's right. On my, way,
2: on my way to a perfect Royal Rumble.
0: That's yeah. it. We we got all the way to Mania, so <laughs> our AEW specific standings not terribly different than the rest. So all right, let's go back to this and let's jump in with NXT. Last week the show opened with Lockley in the ring. And, of course, Grayson Waller interrupted. You will remember, even though we were off two weeks ago, those are your two Iron Survivor Challenge winners. Uh, Grayson couldn't stop talking about how wonderful he was and how he was the first to do it and blah, blah, blah. And Roxy reminded him that not only did she do it first, she did it from the first position. Then Braun Breaker, uh, who is Grayson Waller's future opponent, they're booked for New Year's Evil, chased Grayson out of the building that allowed Roxy to be distracted and Mandy Rose jumped her. Uh, Roxy decided she didn't want to wait for her number one contendership match for New Year's Evil. She wanted Mandy tonight. I'm sure a lot of people in her presence have said that to her. Uh, So they had an NXT Women's Championship match and John Smith is going to tell you
2: all about it. Oh, uh, man. When I first saw Mandy come out and hit Roxy from behind, you know, my first thought was, wow, Mandy's going to lose the title to Roxy at, at New Year's Evil. And then they booked the match, and I was like, wait a second. What's going on here? <laughs> you know, are they even going to have this match? Is this match going to even end cleanly? And they, then I figured it would end up with the disqualification with toxic attraction at some point because, you know, surely we're going to get this match at New Year's <laughs> Um. You know, Mandy hits the kiss from a rose, you know, after a good, like, 12-minute match, and Roxy kicks out. She then hits the Pop Rocks and pins Mandy one, two, three. We have a new champion, and then we find out the next day, Mandy Rose released from her WWE contract for basically softcore porn. (laughs) Exactly. to To put it bluntly.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure what I'm more pissed off about. The fact that she'll be off my television screen. Not that I loved her as champion. She did a great job, but uh, <laughs> I just I just like having her there. Or the fact that these SOBs did not allow me to pick it for points. I've picked against her 25 <laughs> times and been wrong. And she finally drops a an title and they only get a point off of it.
2: <laughs> no, I wonder, I wonder how much did Mandy know? like did she know anything did she was she under the impression that she was you know gonna be like moved up on Friday on Smackdown or something and they needed to get it offer real quick like and then she gets hit with a with like a bomb the next morning or did she know that she was gone before she dropped the title I doubt that but yeah just, exactly it's curious
0: yeah we got some uh some cell phone footage of her kind of you know yeah. like the, the next morning I woke up to all the headlines before the headlines of her being released was like a heartbreaking moment with Mandy after the match. And I, I I played the title. It was just her sitting on the steps as Roxy made her way up the aisle and took her proper bow. And then Mandy kind of like, you know, blew kisses and waved to everyone. And it was like, it was absolutely nothing to it. Like it didn't look like she realized she was saying goodbye forever. So this might have been a, you know, out of left field kind of thing. Either way, I'm sure the story will eventually come out and uh,
1: perhaps more pictures. Either way, we'll, we'll win in the end. See, she's <laughs> made half a million in the last week. Half a million dollars since last Tuesday. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there was a big surge in her uh, viewership. Yeah, 450,000 of it was John Smith. I think was <laughs> <one>. <laughs> just to make, sure it, just it to
2: make my, sure. it was my life savings and all my credit cards. <laughs> Oh, and I put up a second mortgage on my house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, some things are worth every penny. <laughs> also in the women's division, we had uh, Wendy Chu, who's not happy with Cora Jade. Uh, and she's happy that Cora lost in the Iron Survivor Challenge. She's not happy with Cora after the whole soda in the face incident because it triggered her teenage social drama. <coughs> we don't care. Uh <laughs> Zoe Stark was backstage with Mackenzie. She kind of changed her attitude. Originally, she was was of the thinking that Nikita Lyons was a complete waste of roster space. Well, now Nikita pissed her off, and she wants to beat her in the ring to show that she can do it. And we're going to get that this week. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's go to you, Gary, first. Um, We haven't heard much from you just yet. Zoe versus Nikita Lyons. Zoe Stark, Nikita Lyons, tonight on NXT. How do you see this working out?
1: I think it's going to be Zoe, unless there's some sort of shenanigans against her and, and makes her do it. But I think with with what they're doing with Zoe and the things they're going to do, I'm going to say that she'll win it. So,
0: Yeah, I, 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 I agree. The, uh, the, the heel turn usually comes with a nice little winning streak, especially uh, to frustrate the, the baby face. John Smith, uh, are you on board? Zoe and Nikita tonight, who do you think's taking this one?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Zoe also. Probably a little eye poke with a roll-up com- combination. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> also in the women's division, uh, we had a little Isla Dawn vignette. She referred to herself as the unholy entrentress who rises during the winter solstice. And clearly things are not over between her and Alba Fire, so there will be more good stuff to be had there. And then we had the in-ring debut of, is it, is it Lyra Valkyria? Like, the, they, they didn't go for the yeah. the, uh, the Lyra Valkyria? Okay. So, Gary, tell us all about Lyra. This-
1: oh, I was so... This is one of these winners, definitely me. Um, Lyra, obviously, <laughs> being the former AFA Valkyrie, because I think they must have figured that everybody couldn't have pronounced AFA properly. Um, <laughs> she she obviously she comes in and, and they <coughs> pardon, excuse me my throat um there's a, a quick takedown from Lyra and tried to get the pin, but um to no no success they run the ropes and Lyra hits a big step up in Zaguri Um Lyra goes for the Irish whip but it's blocked and my mother gets a little uh, bit of offense back in but obviously a lot of this is just to showcase Lyra um has another night suplex for a close two count um, almost gets it gets run in the turnbuckles but stopped. Uh, but as we come to the end of it, uh, Lara blocks a kick, hits a, a big back kick. The Miller goes to the top, hits the frog splash, and then her debut, uh, Lara Valkyria hits the one, two, three.
0: Very nice, yes. They, they didn't give her a lot of time, but uh, she got to show us what she could do and uh, expecting big things. I, I love the fact that when you know when the ladies come in. You get these the tiniest ladies to come in, and they just they really put on a show. It doesn't so much matter the size with them. Uh, now she used a frog splash here, as you said. Didn't she have it? She had a different finisher in the UK, right? It wasn't like a leg drop or something.
1: <laughs> For me, yeah, yeah. I was so sort of surprised when I saw her go to the top. I thought, oh, okay, because I mean I've seen her do that before. Like I've I've probably seen her from about her third match in. And she's done stuff like that. As you say, she had, like, sort of the leg drop, whatever. But if they're, they're going with the splash there, whatever, to distinguish her more nah. parts here. All so.
0: right. Well, we look for, you know, there's, maybe there's something in her holster that she can still bust out in the future. If she sticks with the frog splash, she makes it look awful pretty. So that'll definitely work. Uh, switching gears to the men's division, uh, we had Odyssey Jones uh, defeating Von Wagner with a little help from Idris Anafi and Malik Blade. Uh we had big body Javi backstage with uh, Mackenzie who made no bones about it. She was rooting for Ikeman Jiro in their upcoming uh, match. And uh, Javi decided to label his fan base as the big body believers. And Mackenzie didn't care. She's still rooting for Jiro. Well, she got her wish Jiro uh, beat big body Javi, but afterwards scripts attacked Jiro. So, Reggie, I guess, is coming back as a heel. No idea. He, once again, he dropped a, a business card or something on his chest. Uh, no idea what this character is really going for here. But uh, stay tuned, I suppose.
2: Her mask wasn't as crazy this time. It wasn't like sticking up like off his head. It looked a little, yeah. little bit better this time.
0: Yeah, he, he, did, he, he looked more like a luchador and less like, uh, uh,
2: like a tiki man. Yeah, why <laughs> right, isn't have those big messs and yep, yep, yep. Yep.
0: Uh, uh, Magneto. That's what I was going for. The way oh. it came around his chin, he reminded me of Magneto. Um. All right, we had uh, we had Andre Chase and Thea Hall backstage. Uh, they see Duke Hudson hanging out with Drew Gulak, who has popped up in the uh, the PC the last couple of weeks. Hasn't said much. Hasn't done anything yet. But uh, they're, wor- <laughs> they're worried that Duke <laughs> is, is entering the transfer portal and he's going to leave Chase U. But Chase uh, uh, tells him, Don't you worry. He's Chase you through and through. And then he goes out and beats Damon Kemp. Uh, Chase Andre Trace was there, of course, at ringside. Again, Gulak came out. Again, nothing really happened between the two of them. We're still waiting on that. We don't know where Drew Gulak stands or what he's actually there to do meanwhile hudson hits kemp with that running big boot he gets the win then we saw jd mcdonough in the trainer's room the creeds come in there's a little back and forth brutus is pissed that jd went after julius's knee last week so they want to fight about it so we had jd mcdonough and brutus creed and gary tell us all about it
1: well, it started off with JD trying to overpower um what well, is probably Hulk Hogan's favorite Creed brother, but he wasn't having any of it. Um, JD drop kicks him, and Brutus sort of gets him back with a lot of heavy hitting, a lot of big forearms and, and kicks and, and throws and so on. Um, referee or JD at the outside, but makes it back in. Brutus with, I'm never sure what sort of suplex to call because he just kind of, with an overhead throw, just seems to launch. JD away, um, <coughs> JD had a cheap shot when they were on the outside and we then got to the point where JD went under the ring, grabbed a steel chair and he was just about to swing the steel chair but who should appear in the chair at ringside and I think it was Sangha grabbed the chair but what we did have was JD hit the devil inside on the outside and then hit the devil inside on the inside of the ring <laughs> and then Brutus Creed one, two, three.
0: Yes. So once again, we're still waiting on the creeds and Indu sheer and JD McDonough. I don't know where he fits in next, but I'm sure wherever he's headed, it's going to be fun. Uh, we had, uh, we had Stax and Wesley brawling backstage kind of out of nowhere. They fight all the way out to the ring. And I don't remember if it was scheduled or not, but Hey, they were in the ring. So let's have a match <laughs>
2: John
0: Smith, Wesley and Stax. How did that one work out?
2: Yeah, these two went back and forth. Stacks took the early advantage, but then Wesley uh, was able to launch him out of the ring with a head scissor type twisting throw, and then uh, jumped over the top rope and you know hit the uh, some flying flip where he basically landed on his own back more than he landed on Stacks. But we went to commercial there, and when we come back, Stacks has the advantage because that's how it always works because they got a rest, they have a rest hold. <laughs> waiting for you on the way back from from commercial, um, but eventually Wesley was able to uh, to take advantage and did a backwards handspring like Pele kick type thing. I guess it's going to be his new finisher for the one two three. Um, afterwards, Dijak's music hits. He comes out. He gets up on the apron, but then Wesley gets attacked from behind by Tony D, who tells him to keep his head on a swivel. Tells Dijack he did his job for him, gives him a little, you know, Man, Tony <laughs> Steady. He gets out of there, and then I guess die Jack. Did he did he attack Wesley after that? I don't think so.
0: I don't yeah, I don't think so. So we we don't really kind of know where he stands because really all he did was come out and stare down Wesley, which was the distraction that uh, Tony needed. So I don't know, is he working for him? Is he not working for him? We All we know is he stands for justice, and we'll see how that works out.
2: Uh, staying in the men's division, justice we had... Needs, uh, <laughs> justice needs the North American Championship right off the bat? Yeah, uh, exactly. I
0: don't know. I have decided, and yeah, we shall see. Uh, we had uh, Mello and Trick. They were discussing the Iron Survivor Challenge, and Mello's not happy because there is a there's a picture going around online of him watching Axiom fly overhead and Mello just looks absolutely astonished. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: So he's got a problem with Axiom for that for some reason. He was not the one who took the picture. But either way, guess what, folks? Do you remember how good Carmelo and Ricochet was? Because tonight, (laughs) I would imagine on par with that, we're getting Axiom and Melo. John Smith, what do you think that? How do you think this one's going to work out? Other than
2: us all winning, oh, this one's tough. Um, I'm going to have to go with Melo, though, because I think that he's the guy that they want to keep pushing towards the championship. I feel like he might be next in line. You never know though, because Braun Breakers had that thing forever at this point. There. Okay, Gary, how do you see this one working out?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Carmelo too. I mean, obviously, I'm one of the world's biggest Axiom fans, and I think he's on the main event this week as well, actually, but yeah. or he will be. Um, but I think with, with the stuff for Carmelo, like Axiom's road at the minute seems to be, you're amazing. Go in and give somebody an amazing match, please. And so I think that uh, Carmelo Hayes will win that and move further up the card again. So,
0: Yeah, I agree with both of you, Jensen. Make it a, queen, a clean sweep for Melo, although... Uh, You know, if Axiom wins, I don't think any of us will be disappointed because either way, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a hell of a match. Uh, Talk about beefs backstage. Uh, Electra Lopez was uh, talking trash backstage about Indy Hartwell. And there were other girls, everyone was hanging around, getting their makeup done and whatnot. And then Indy came tearing through the room, knocked her right out of her chair. They went at each other. Well, Indy Wrestling and La Madrina, they're going to get at it tonight. Uh, Let's go right back to you, Gary. Indy. Electra, who do you see coming out of this one?
1: Oh, please, Indy. Um, it has to support <laughs> Indy wrestling, I think. Here, this is well It's like asking me who's going to win the Wendy 2 match. It's not going to be a Wendy 2. So uh, yeah, not not Electra Lopez for me. Indy, Indy wrestling. It is.
0: All right, John, John Smith. How do you have this one going?
2: Tell us how you really feel, right?
0: <laughs> uh,
2: um, this one's a toss up to me. Uh, I mean, who's who's Indy involved with right now? Isn't somebody you know gonna interfere with her or something? I forget. Yeah, I mean, she was having words
0: with Roxy backstage, but they're kind of friendly, yeah. and they, although they were bitching at each other. And-
2: so I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna. I feel like Electra needs it more, so I'm gonna go with Electra. Like if they yeah, make her something, if if they're just gonna make her. Go be be like a, a chick that loses to everyone. But, she. I, I feel like that's not like the character they're building for. Her. So, yeah, I'll just have to take her. It's a coin flip, though.
0: All right. Yeah, well, that, that's the that's the part of what you said that I agree the most with. Because I really, I don't, you know, I, I think I had Indy winning the Iron Survivor Challenge, even though Roxy was the obvious choice. Because uh, I thought they were, you know, I thought they were getting ready to do something with Indy here. I'm going to say she wins because I have this faint hope that they still do, but yeah, this is a true coin flip. So, all right. Uh, we had a new day in the ring celebrating their triple crown tag team championship uh, and Kofi now being the first singles and tag triple crown champion. And the fact that this is his 15 passing Booker, which didn't sit well with uh, the uh, ringside announcer Pretty Deadly interrupted, said that the New Day ruined Christmas and uh, they want their rematch. New Day said, you can have the rematch if you can recite the, pledges, the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> pretty Deadly did not seem very enthused about that, but they didn't get much of a chance because Briggs and Jensen came out carrying their own flag. They recited the uh, the Pledge as pretty, de- pretty Deadly got the dry heaves over the whole situation apparently in HBK's NXT, that's enough to get you a title match. Because tonight, we're going to see the New Day defend those newly won NXT tag titles against Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. John Smith, how do you see the tag
2: title match going? Too soon. Too soon to take it off of them. I think they'll have a nice long match, though. It'll be uh, your classic face versus face match where nobody's going to do any underhanded tactics and New Day will end up hitting the, I still don't remember the name of their finisher. The Midnight Hour. Midnight Hour, yeah.
0: <laughs> the, or the, the demolition uh, coup de gras.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically.
0: Uh, all right, Gary, how do you see the tag title match going?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would agree with John there. I mean, you've got other issues going on around, like you've got the whole Keanu James stuff in the bar, or you've got, pretty deadly in the background as well. So I think there'll be something goes on to keep both faces to see if anybody trying to be the heel in this situation. But, yeah, New Day new day will retain. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I think if we get a clean finish, I agree with both of you, Gents. I think New Day will retain. But I think Pretty Deadly probably get involved, and we, we probably get a schmas ending. But hopefully we get a, a decent uh, – you know, we get New Day pulling a really good match out of Briggs and Jensen and, you know, maybe Pretty Deadly ruins it at the end. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, if we're going to get a clean one, I agree New Day will retain. All right. Then we had uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter joining the commentary desk for what wasn't officially a number one contender match, but it kind of felt that way for their women's tag titles between Toxic Attraction and then Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. Uh, Toxic Attraction wound up winning by DQ, or the way WWE thing does things, they may have rewritten that as a, a, a double uh, disqualification or uh, uh, no contest because Caden and uh, Katana grabbed toxic attraction by their ankles as they were about to slide back in after they had kind of like thrown Ivy across the desk into their laps. It wound up, you know, they attacked toxic attraction. So it should have been a DQ win for them. It didn't matter. Uh, the ref calls for the DQ was only two and a half minutes, uh, Ivy and Tatum joined in. Uh, Toxic Attraction, Caden and uh, Katana. It was a six-way brawl. Later on backstage, Briggs and Jensen are trying to cheer up Fallon Henley after she got a call from her father saying that there's trouble with the bar. And then later, Brooks Jensen is approached by Kiana James, who brought him a nice shirt. So we got something's going on there. And meanwhile, Toxic Attraction, Ivy, Tatum, Katana, and Caden are a half hour later, still brawling backstage. Apparently, or they're going to settle all that tonight. We're going to get a triple threat for the women's NXT tag team champions between your champions, Katana Chance and Caden Carter, going up against the team of Toxic Attraction and Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. John Smith, our NXT guru, how do you see the women's tag title match?
2: Ranked? Ooh, um. The only thing that makes me wonder about this is the Toxic Attraction, because now that Mandy's gone, do they throw those titles back on them to keep them legit, or you know, or are they just gonna like slip through the cracks? And you know, I I'm gonna go with Toxic Attraction taking the belts here. Be the first ever three time tag team champions in NXT history.
0: Well, I guess, that yeah, how this one breaks down will tell you exactly how they like. Were Were they just there as window dressing for Mandy or do they really believe in these girls? I think if they believe in them, they probably put the belts back on them. Gary, why don't you weigh in? Tell us how you think this one's going to break down.
1: I'm going to go the opposite. I actually think that if Mandy had a, kept the belt, if things hadn't gone as they were, that I think they would have put the titles on them. And then made it sort of like, oh, we're ruining the roost again. And then if they did the title change, it would have been a big thing for the for the singles title. So I think for that case that the um the champs are gonna retain tonight and that uh they won't swap them much sure who they're gonna pin, but I'm gonna say the champs are gonna come out of it still with the titles.
0: All righty. Uh <laughs> I'll go with the champs retaining mostly because I don't see them back on toxic attraction. So uh yeah, that's how we'll do that. Uh, all right, uh, that pretty much does it for NXT. Again we have uh, New Year's Evil coming up on January the 10th. <clears throat> so far the only thing booked for that is Braun Breaker versus Grayson Wallen uh, Grayson Waller, Christ Almighty for the NXT championship. And then uh, their next premium live event uh, is uh, one month after that. So New Year's Evil I should mention is on a Tuesday, so it's just a regular show with a pretty name and a title shot. They actually have a premium live event coming up exactly one month later on February the 10th. And they will be on the road. They will be in flair country. Charlotte, North Carolina will be host to Vengeance Day, an NXT premium live event <laughs> February the 10th. Moving on to SmackDown. And now, I, I bust WWE's balls. I, I'm not a big fan of the NXT product the way they're presenting it these days. I struggle through three hours <laughs> of ball every Monday. So I got to give them their credit where credit is due last Friday. There was two hours of SmackDown where there was only three matches on the entire two hour show. And yet the show didn't drag. The matches didn't drag out nor were any of them too terribly short. It was a beautiful, perfect show. It kicked off with the WWE women's tag team titles. It was uh, our, our gals, kind sky, defending against Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox, John Smith, why don't you tell us how this one worked?
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> these uh, – I don't know how Tegan Knox ended up with a title shot right off the bat coming in out of nowhere. But, um, you know, before the commercial break, we had uh, Tegan fly off the top rope to the outside onto Kai and Sky. Um after we come back in, ba- <laughs> there you go. Bailey Bailey's ends up getting involved on the outside with uh with Tegan while Eo's in the ring, kind of distracting the ref. Bailey goes to throw her into the barricade. Tegan reverses it, throws her throws Bailey over the barricade, <laughs> and receives a kick to the face from a hooded audience member for her efforts. She stumbles back towards the ring, Eo takes advantage, Moonsaul. The rest is elementary. Um, we find out because everybody thought it was gonna be Mandy Rose for some reason. I guess you know they they didn't want to keep us wondering. So we find out on like a online exclusive that it ended up being Zaya Lee, who I don't know if this is like a hired gun situation or if she's gonna be a fourth member here. I feel like they already got the the uh the Asian box checked off. Yeah, they kind of need like a, like a Eastern European or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So yes, we had uh, we had our, our tag champs retaining with a little help from Zia Lee Li that uh, like John broke down for you. No idea what she was doing there or why, but uh, I we'll find out. Uh, after that we had uh, Raquel Rodriguez backstage with Kayla. She's still in that elbow brace, but she says she's ready to compete. In uh, what is coming up this week, which I'll get to in a moment, Uh, but she's dumped by Rhonda and Shayna again and again. They target that arm and elbow. As of right now, she's still in the match. Uh, It is going to be a number one contender gauntlet match to see who is Rhonda Rousey's next opponent. And it will involve Emma Raquel Gonzalez. Tegan Knox, Liv Morgan, Sonya Deville, and the previously mentioned Ziya Lee. Gary, how do you see this one breaking down? Who do you think is next up for Rhonda?
1: In some ways, I'd love it to be Sonya, but um, just to kind of to, to give her something to do. But I'm going to say uh, Raquel um, is going to go for it just for, for something different. Oops. I moved myself there, sorry. Oh, uh,
0: John Smith, uh who do you see next up for uh Rhonda?
2: Mm. Yeah, I guess Raquel makes the most sense, you know. But then it also seems like you know, is so so powerful, like do they have Rock do they throw Raquel at her just to lose? I don't know. It'll yeah. be a good match though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the crazy thing is I'm, I'm kind of equal parts. Raquel should is the obvious choice here. Definitely. She's going to win. And I'm like also 50% because she's been attacked multiple times. I could see us finding out Friday that she's not going to be in the match and they plug somebody else in. Uh, So I'm going to agree with you, Jensen. say Raquel makes the most sense, but considering I don't really know what they're doing with this SmackDown women's title. And, you know, they've got Rhonda and Shayna together there as a tag team it would almost make sense to make them go after the tag titles because they could be two killers i don't know what they're doing here so I'm going with raquel but i wouldn't be surprised to see something utterly ridiculous come out of it uh, we had uh, l.a knight coming to the ring uh, he's been attacked he's been blindsided but he's still knocking on bray's door he claims bray wyatt comes out he still denies laying a hand on knight uh knight doesn't want to hear it he goes after bray as soon as he comes through the ropes they don't even you know take time to have a face-to-face but then the music hits the smoke fills the entryway and we see uncle howdy in the flesh still wearing the stupid mask but he you know he made a physical appearance out in front of the tron so they if if you were of the belief that it was just pre-taped segments and it was bray behind the mask they're trying to make you believe you're wrong, and I think that's probably the case because that's something, that's something's got to happen here. And again, I don't mean to come off as fickle.
1: <laughs>
0: but for Christ's sake, get to it already. Br- Bray Wyatt is a great character, a great entertainer. Can we see him actually wrestle, please? Okay, moving mm. along. We had, uh, we had the most important match of SmackDown last week. It was the thing that the World Cup was all leading up to. It was Gunter. It was Ricochet. It was for the Intercontinental Championship, which, as we all know, is not allowed on pay-per-view anymore. So you get pay-per-view quality matches on SmackDown. And Gary, why don't you tell us all about this one?
1: Well, John Smith was just wanting more European representation. And here we have... Austrian uh Gunther against the Irish Ricochet and so we have this is right down right down my alley um starts off with Adam Pierce throwing Vinci and Kaiser to the back so actually from the start I thought okay will we get a one-on-one or will they come back out and interfere and we didn't we got a straight one-on-one match um where it was one of the Gunther's big sort of big man little man matches uh, or Gunther not so big anymore little man matches but, um you had uh <coughs> excuse me. Gunther had a backbreaker over his knee uh for a two count and put uh Ricochet on the Boston Crab, turned it into an STF, but Ricochet got to the ropes. He did go for a suplex on Gunther, but he couldn't lift him up for a change. Um there were a couple of times when Ricochet came off the top and Gunther chopped him or was running at him and caught him with a big boot. Um we did have Ricochet catch him with a shooting star, but uh, Gunther kicked out. Um, we had ricochet then as the fans chanted this is awesome ricochet was taking the tape off his wrists as if he was jerry lawler in memphis um, went for a drop kick but gunther again as we say chopped him out of midair as we come to the end um, there was a power bomb in the middle ricochet kicked out but as he tried to fight back gunther hit him with what we'll now call his new finisher what do we call him the, the last symphony That's and right. gunther retains the ic title Yes, indeed. It
0: was, it was an excellent match. We got about 21 and a half minutes of it. And like you said, it's, it's, it was semi-classic big man, small man. And uh, they, they they worked it to a T. Uh, as you were describing a couple of times, Gunther just chopped him right out of midair. And you just okay. and you said, oh, dear. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so afterwards, Imperium come back down to the ring. They look like they're getting ready to take advantage of Ricochet but braun stroman makes his way out before they can do any real damage kind of runs them off that's going to lead us to this week where we get stroman and ricochet versus imperium uh presumably this is just a two-on-two with uh vinci and uh kaiser and the christmas tradition miracle on 34th street fight let's go right back to you gary who do you see coming out of the street fight
1: I'm gonna say that Imperium are gonna get these hands, and we're gonna have uh, Strowman and Ricochet in some way, shape, or form. We'll will get the win. <laughs> All right, John Smith. Yeah, I'm
2: gonna go ahead and agree there. Gunther will get involved, but then Strowman will like take him out or something through the, through the announce table, and you know, there'll be a bunch of a bunch of chaos. It'll be fun.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah, someone's probably going to get doused in eggnog, and I'm going to guess it's not going to be Gunter. Uh, But, yes, I'll say the good guys win because, you know, it's the Christmas season, for for God's sake. (laughs) You've got to have the baby faces go over. All right, then most of the rest of the show revolved around uh, the Usos. We had uh, Sammy and the Usos awaiting for the tribal chief. It was, remember, it was supposed to be a very big night for Sammy. There was some rumors that he was going to be officially made Sammy Uso. Uh, There was some rumors in the idiots who collect wrestling belts industry saying that uh, Roman was going to finally bestow the new tag titles that they've had ready and waiting on the Usos. Uh, None of that happened uh, because Kevin Owens just kind of pissed off Roman Reigns and, uh, what do we got here? We said, so what it wound up being was Roman. It, there, it was a bit of a big night for Sammy. He had his hair up in a stupid man bun. He had his beard, nice and trim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Roman bestowed upon him the match of his lifetime, where he will tag with Sammy Roman reigns and Sammy Zane versus Kevin Owens, who has been pissing Roman off by showing up. Uh, they're going to tag, they're going to face Kevin Owens and, uh, someone or any, a partner of his choice, and that's going to be on the big December 30th, last SmackDown of the year. And later on, we got Kevin Owens uh, again getting in Roman Reigns' grill, or not in his grill, but like just doing you know, showing up his face is enough to piss Roman Reigns off. And it turns out, we had also kind of already been told that showing up on the last smackdown of the year was going to be a man who we pretty much haven't seen all year and guess what he's going to get involved in this match and that match uh, we're not picking it just yet we'll pick it next week but it's going to be roman and sammy versus ko and john cena uh, and then what led that led to um Okay, yeah. Technically, this is still bloodline related because it's going to lead to a tag title match. We had a three-way, we had a triple threat tag number one contender match. Was the last match? It wasn't the last segment, but it was the last match. Uh, It was between Hit Row, Legado del Fantasma, and the Viking Raiders. The winners would go on to uh, face the Usos. Uh, We're not sure exactly when. That's going to be this week, actually. Okay, I stand corrected. Uh hit row one, even though top dollar managed to hit uh about the biggest botch we've seen in quite some time. He went yeah. for he went for a tope. According to him, his leg gave out, so he got no spring. Yeah. So he, he didn't he didn't just go over the top rope and catch a foot. I think his chest hit the top rope.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. like his like mid middle thighs, and then he just took a header straight down like a pencil.
0: Yeah. He he recovered enough to get, uh, who was it? Uh, they got Wild, uh, Joaquin Wilde up uh, for the heavy hitter, and Adonis finished it, and Hit Row won the match. They're moving on this week, so we're going to pick it right now. <coughs> Undisputed Tag Team Championships, uh, owned by the Usos, will be defended against Hit Row. John Smith, who's coming out of this, the tag champs?
2: Uh, it's all gonna be the Usos, man. I I ain't picking against the Usos probably ever, even when they're about to lose. I think uh, I'm always gonna pick the Usos. Yeah,
0: yeah. Going into this match, I, I you know, if the Viking Raiders had come out of it, I would have had a momentary thought where like, okay, how are they gonna get out of it? The, like the, they've been building the Raiders up, but when Hit Row wanted, I was like, okay, this is, yeah. Gary, how do you feel about this one?
1: Yeah, this is the same. We'd need to be like a mixed tag of like the Usos and Wendy Chew against somebody. Something to for me to have to kind of pick against them, as John was saying. So, yeah, this is not going to be the week that the Usos lose. So Yes, indeed.
0: All right, that's going to do it for SmackDown. Again, our next episode is December. Well, that's the December 30th episode <laughs> of Tampa, Florida. So that's actually a week from tonight. Tonight we get the tag titles a week from tonight, a uh, week from this Friday. Jesus, get it together. Mm-hmm. We get the John Cena, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn match. That's going to do it for SmackDown. That's We're going to let Gary rest himself because he struggled through this with us. We appreciate you making uh, an appearance and for hanging with us. But we will bid you adieu at this point and let you get back to resting up.
1: No, that's much appreciated. Thank you. And I shall have a good Christmas. I'm sure I'll be texting you all before it. But have a good, have a good one. I'll see you soon.
0: Absolutely. Happy Christmas. Merry
2: Christmas, Christmas Gear. Yeah.
0: Take care. All right.
2: Bah humbug! I didn't mean it. <laughs> the hell with that
0: guy. <laughs> I'm not bringing him back into this office. We love you, Gear. Feel better. <laughs> okay we will move on to last night on monday night raw and jesus i have got a whole but yeah that's right last night like more than a third of the show bordering on half the show all revolved around the bloodline and what they were doing backstage and pissing people off uh it started with paul Heyman and roman reigns roman reigns on raw what 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 is he like the champion there or something this is crazy and probably now I don't I don't know if they have like a a fake wall that they bring around to wherever they were because it was the same wall he was in front of for SmackDown. So it may have just been filmed in advance, or maybe they really were there, and that's just the set where that it's Roman's office. But anyway, he uh said that he is here to deal with Kevin Owens for showing up on his show, SmackDown. he's here on Kevin Owens's show, Raw. And the bloodline was going to be kicking ass and taking names. First, we see them go after Mustafa Ali and a couple of staffers backstage. Uh, then during a tag match, we get a cutaway to the backstage. They're beating the hell out of Andre chase, which I don't know why that poor bastard was there. Uh, they, they blast Elias with his own guitar. Uh, Then we get a segment backstage with Adam Pierce. He's talking to Kathy Kelly about the situation with Bobby Lashley, who he fired last week. Commerheads prevailed. He had a meeting with Bobby at WWE headquarters, and he will be back. It's just a matter of when, not if. MVP approaches and says, I want to have a chat with you about Bobby Lashley. So please tell me that they've given up on this whole Omos thing. They're going to put MVP and Lashley back together, and we're going to care about Bobby Lashley again. Because that's when he was at his best. Uh, but that got interrupted because uh, some backstager had to rush Adam Pierce away to find out that Dolph Ziggler and Cedric Alexander oh. had been attacked. Uh, Pierce, for the second time, tries to call Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's not answering. We go forward to a match where we have the OC and the Alphas out there. The OC get the win after a magic killer. Poor Gable missed a moonsault and ate a super kick from uh, Luke Gallows. Doc Gall- I forget what his WWE name is. Magic killer, one, two, three. But again, the bloodline out. Gallows takes the 1D. We go to break. Pierce. We come back. Pierce is at ringside and he's chewing them out, even though he's kind of mostly off mic. Sammy and the Usos tell Pierce, the blood, remind him the bloodline run this show, but they're done, so they're going to head out anyway. AJ Styles attacks. Uh but he gets swarmed by security pretty quickly. Uh but he wants someone from the bloodline. Pierce says fine. I'll give you a, I'll give you Sami Zayn. We get a nice 13 minute match out of Sami and AJ. Of course they work well together. They're both pros. And for the most part it's straight up, but then Solo sokoa shows up. He delivers the Samoan Spike, rolls AJ back in. He gets a blue thunderbomb. Sammy gets a win over AJ freaking Styles. This is insanity. The bloodline is taking over Raw.
2: Possibly the first time that the blue thunderbomb has ever pinned anybody with, for Sami Zayn. Yeah.
0: He hits it every match. It always yeah. looks good. It, it always looks
2: like, yes, I'm going to win every time, too. And they always kick out of it.
0: That's it. What, what do we got going on here? video tell. oh hey
2: how you doing anyway Hello. what up <laughs> Uh
0: okay then we had uh, we had Seth Rollins come out and again this still was bloodline adjacent uh, he mentions that the bloodline has t- attacked everyone but him because I guess they kind of know better and he reminds Roman that this is Monday Night Rollins <laughs> this show belongs to him. Austin Theory comes out. Uh, he says that. Well, wait a minute. You know, this show belongs to you. You're the big guy here. But you're the one who said that the U.S. title was the title on Raw, and the U.S. title is on Austin Theory's shoulder. So doesn't that kind of make him the man? They have a little back and forth. Uh, the theory goes for the the low hanging fruit of you were the third best guy in your own group of the Shield. The Usos come through the crowd, so Rollins is like, all right, we got to deal with this. we got to deal with this, and he's waiting for Theory to stand side-by-side with him. Theory just bails, leaves him. It's two on one, two Usos on Rollins. They're beating him up pretty good. Kevin Owens comes out, clears the ring, and says, you know what? Me and Rollins, we want them. We want them tonight. Pierce, who's out again, says, sure, we'll make it happen. We get a little backstage segment with Rollins and KO and, you know, hey, we're buddies a little while back. (laughs) How did that You know, Why aren't we still buddies? I don't understand. KO reminds him, you remember how you tried to take my spot at WrestleMania and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and all that? Rollins doesn't care. What tonight is all about is kicking the asses of the Usos. We finally got that match at the end of the night, and John Smith saved me from myself. Tell me how this non-title tag team match worked
2: out. Yeah, non-title is the uh ideal word here, and that's that's how you know kind of how it was gonna end <laughs> up, unfortunately. You got the hometown hero, probably the first time that I think they've ever been in Iowa, because <laughs> I don't remember them ever like it being like Seth Rollins' hometown when they came to town, but um yeah, it was him, KO versus the Usos, and um you know we got everybody's going to get involved here at some point besides your tribal chief of course but um when all is said and done um Seth Rollins end up, ends up getting taken out on the outside but KO on the inside hits the pop-up powerbomb on Jay or well, he misses it first then he hits it um we get the the stunner for the one or I think he actually pinned him off the off the powerbomb I'm not sure I don't remember yes you yeah, are correct yeah so then we get the one, two, three, and then we go off a of Raw with, with them celebrating. And, you know, it's kind of a Merry Christmas. It's like, it's like the, the heels get to win this week or the faces get to win this week because it's Christmas time, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah, We did guys
0: you know, have-
2: No, I was just going to say that the OC came out and got involved, you know, like after Solo came out and then it was like a whole bleep show on the outside. But when we went off the air, the faces prevailed. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that one. I thought the bloodline was going to stand tall at the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At the very end, we had Sammy kind of sneak in the ring, but KO turned around in time to not get attacked. And they just kind of like stared at each other for a moment. Like, will they, won't they? And then Sammy rolled out and, uh, I don't know if anything happened after they went off the air, but it ended with KO in the ring. Uh, Rollins kind of recovering from getting hit in the head with the, the U.S. title from Austin Theory outside the ring. But the good guys were uh, holding the show.
2: Yeah, I forgot Theory got involved, too. Yeah, everybody was involved. It was yeah,
0: exactly. Like you said, everyone but Roman. Everything, in yeah, play.
2: everything just tied together in the show pretty much. Uh, and isn't that a wonderful thing when that happens? <laughs>
0: hmm. Uh, we also had the, uh, the Street Profits. Uh, they uh, got a victory over the Judgment Day when uh, Montez Ford hit a schoolboy on Balor for the cha-ching roll-up. Uh, they also had Akira Tozawa out there with him, uh, which has been making me laugh the last couple of weeks. Uh, he had some issues with Dom and Rhea at ringside. Uh, and after the match, Rhea slapped the taste out of Tozawa's mouth. And say, basically challenged him as we went to commercial. So we're sitting there in the commercial break going, are we going to get this match? That's the, you know, WWE doesn't usually do this. Not You know, not since China, the days of China. Uh We came back and we have Rhea Ripley and Akira Tozawa going at it. Uh Tozawa would miss that. Oh, dear God. Just like you were talking about with the, what was it, Wesley who did the tope and mostly landed on his back. Yep. Tozawa hit the, uh, the did this just, top buckle, jumping, you know, bomb senton bomb and completely missed. And, oh, my God, that's got to hurt. Uh, eventually, he would take the riptide. And in under five minutes, Rhea Ripley beats Akira Tozawa. Uh, we had Bianca and Alexa backstage. Uh, you might remember last week, even though we weren't here to talk about it, that Alexa kind of freaked out after she won the number one contendership. Bianca kind of came in the ring to shake hands with her because they're going to fight each other next and uh alexa lost her bleep for a minute and grabbed bianca into the sister abigail but then let go and she kind of snapped back out of it and uh, you know she's not quite sure exactly what's going on here stop it sorry about this my notes are oh my god i said the word and it took over little miss bliss needs to change her first name because it's making very difficult to use. Oh, uh,
2: uh, yep.
0: <laughs> uh, where the hell were we? Oh my God. Anywho, they had to sit down. Uh, Bianca does not trust little miss bliss. And for good reason, because by the end of this segment, little miss bliss would hit Bianca in the head with a vase full of flowers. Uh, they are each other's next big opponents for the title, but that is not until the January second edition of Raw, and ironically, that is in Nashville, which is Bianca's hometown. And we know the WWE tends to do people dirty in their hometown, but you know, there's Bianca's so over as a babyface, at least with the office. Who knows? Uh, Another big match last night that I had been anxiously awaiting because I thought maybe we'd get to see the return of Tommaso Ciampa. It didn't turn out that way, but we had Miz and Dexter Loomis. They took the bag of money that Miz already paid Loomis, made Miz match it because they were calling it a double or nothing. They hung it. It's a ladder match. John, break it down for us,
2: please. The action spilled right to the outside, right off the bat. Um, you know, Loomis went to throw the ladder back into the ring and got it kicked into his belly. And then we were off to the races. You know, they just kept hitting each other with the ladders. You you know, it's a Miz match, so it's not going to get too crazy. Things are pretty vanilla when Miz is in the ring, even if it's a specialty match like this. So, um, you know, at one point they were both up on the top of the ladder and they. It looked like they were both supposed to be crotched, but they they got hit on the necks instead. Um, they went to the outside at one point, and Dexter got buried under a bunch of chairs and ladders and you know debris from the table and whatnot, and then Miz t- turned his attention to Johnny Gargano and beat the crap out of him. And then when he turns around, Dexter's out of the rubble and basically rock bottoms him onto a... Um, Onto the tabletop that's sitting on top of a ladder that's just you know flattened out on the on the ground. He sets him up on the announce table, climbs the ladder to, to drop the leg, and Miz rolls out of the way. Um eventually Miz gets back into the ring, and this he's about to get the, the money. Dexter somehow gets himself to the top of that ladder. You know, they're fighting, he knocks him off. Looks like uh, we got ourselves a winner here. But then all of a sudden, somebody grabs his leg, and it's Bronson Reed? (laughs) Bronson Reed attacks Dexter Loomis, throws him into the ladder, big body bump, sets him up in the corner. Tsunami! And then he helps the Miz up, so it wasn't just a he hates Luma's thing. It's a he's-with-Miz thing, and he helps the Miz up, gets him up the ladder, and the Miz gets his money back.
0: Terrible. You know, I've never missed Wade Barrett so much. How was he not there to call that first tsunami? I feel terrible for Bronson Reed because if you ever had any idea – of you know, guys like us, we're big time fans, we're watching all the shows that WWE, you know, will give us. It seems like the people who actually come out to those shows, you know, it was one thing I'm I'm guilty of it. When NXT was just on the network, I wasn't tuning in regularly, but man. The more I see the main roster and these debuts of these NXT guys who were names on the NXT roster and the NXT fans were really behind, I realize that a lot of these 12 year olds that are coming, you know, making mommy and daddy bring them to the shows, I guess they weren't watching because Candace got very little uh, pop, no- Tegan Knox got almost none. And Bronson Reed, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop when Bronson Reed pulled Loomis off of that ladder last night. And I feel terrible for this guy because, you know, he, he did some some really cool stuff. His, his North American title cage match with Johnny down at NXT was pretty fantastic for a big guy. And he got nothing from that crowd.
2: Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I was never a Bronson Reed fan, but, uh, you know, it, it's almost like people were just – Instead of reacting, they were just asking each other, who is that? Exactly. Because like there wasn't any sound coming from the crowd. Like yeah, there, yeah a few boos, of course, but yeah. for the most part, it was just, yeah, who is this guy? But at least at least he, he attacked a face. It wasn't supposed to be like how Tegan Knox showed up right to like go up against the heels and everybody's just like who? You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: But I guess it's uh, it's all in how uh, Triple H books them from this point forward. But uh, clearly, we are bigger fans of a lot of these NXT callbacks, Triple H's, than the fans that are actually buying tickets in the arenas.
2: Yeah, even Solo Sokoa at Clash at the Castle. True. That didn't yeah. get much of a reaction considering the situation either.
0: Yeah, and that was a pretty damn big situation.
2: Yeah. All
0: right, and to round out last night's show, we had uh Bailey and Becky for all time's sakes. Why don't we do it one more time? Uh, Becky kind of dared Bailey to face her one on one, but she brought Kai and Sky with her Uh, about 13 minutes into the match. Uh, they were out on the floor, and Kai and Sky kind of closed in on them before they got a chance uh, closed in on Becky, I should say, before they got a chance to do anything, though. The ref tossed them. Uh, from ringside and he kind of followed they were in front of the announce desk so he followed them around the side of the ring to the aisle he watched them go up the aisle and while his back was turned Bailey grabbed one of the monitors which I guess is pretty much just an iPad and uh, devastatingly blasted Bailey with it uh, and by the time the referee turned back around Bailey was hitting a rose plant and getting the one, two, three, fourteen and a half 14 and a half minutes she gets the win over Becky I don't know what that proves or how it moves either one of them up or down towards the title again, but that was your quote-unquote main event for the night. Uh, This next week on Raw, they're calling it the absolute best of 2022. It does happen to be December 26th, which is the annual MSG show, MSG house show. So it might just be a clip show next Monday. We've got nothing to pick on it. Two weeks from now, on December 2nd, though, we do have uh, Bianca and Bliss for the Raw Women's title and Theory and Rollins for the United States title as we move towards Rumble season, the best season of the year. That'll do it for Raw. Let's go. I don't know if I'm going to finally use these graphics, let's actually remember to change it. Let's go to Impact, where last week's show main evented with a tag title championship match between the Motor City Machine Guns and your champions, Heath and Rhino, and all of their cheese and crackers. John Smith, had this one work out?
2: Uh, the spray cheese is going to have to wait in that fridge for a little while, or I guess just in the cabinet, because you don't even have to refrigerate that crap. <laughs> um, They definitely did not see this one coming in. Uh, he starts the match, but no, he tags Rhino in because... He knows that he's just going to get his butt kicked and Rhino's going to be standing there watching it. But then Rhino tags him back in that, you know, a few minutes in, and then he's getting his butt kicked anyway for a while. Um, Everything, you know, breaks down after, after the commercial break where we just get double teams by the Motor City Machine Guns left and right on Heath. Um, You know, Rhino eventually gets the hot tag and, um takes out the machine guns for a little while and then Heath is now the the legal man again for some reason and Rhino hits his gore on one of them i forget and Heath gets the cover but it's kicked out and he he took a little while to get the cover so i guess that was their excuse for the gore getting kicked out of um now Rhino's the 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 legal man again and he goes for another gore and he gets jumped over, and Sunset flipped for a raw roll-up. Impact Tag Team Championship victory, and your new tag team champions, the Motor City Machine Guns. Wow, yeah. did not see this coming at all.
0: Yeah, same here, same here. Yeah, this was this was a, a 19 plus minute match. I thought they were just you know, let's give you a good one in the main event. Did not expect to see a title change there, and how about that? Now the uh, the guns are champ champs, because they've been carrying around those New Japan Strong Tag titles that they took from, what the hell is their name there? Aussie Open or whatever. So perhaps they're on their way back to fight for both of those sets of titles. Who
2: knows? And maybe we'll let, we're going to get Rhino versus Heath for the first time eventually. You know, Maybe this will be the beginning of them finally ending their friendship and having a feud i've been looking forward to a match between them for a while
0: yeah yeah that, that would be very interesting so we'll hear more about rhino's or heath's kids and uncle rhino and uh uncle rhino turning on daddy that would be interesting okay we also had uh, josh alexander and scott demore chatting backstage when tommy dreamer approached once again trying to talk to josh trying to Uh, apologize for telling everyone to trust Bully. Josh doesn't accept, and not only that, he insinuates Tommy might have been in on the plan all along. Fast forward, uh, we get a match. Uh, Bully Ray uh, makes very quick work of Mr. John Schuyler, who we hadn't seen in a while. Uh, 50 or 66 seconds uh, with a pile driver, Bully gets the win. But more importantly, Tommy makes his way out uh tells bully that he hopes and believes he will get his ass kicked by josh at hard to kill and that their friendship tommy dreamer and bully ray is officially over because bully basically made a fool out of him uh bully calls tommy a jealous coward says that he was a bigger star than tommy tommy was actually a failure uh admits that he was the one who laid out ace austin several weeks ago Tommy is furious. He wants to fight. Bully just bails, laughing all the way back up the ramp because, well, Bully's an asshole. Next up, we had Eddie Edwards taking on Delirious in a match that they insinuated there was a lot of backstory. They knew each other in Japan or perhaps Ring of Honor, but we don't really know any of it, so I'm not sure why we would care. Eddie eventually uh, rolls. Delirious had him in the Cobra stretch, which, again, if you're going to do one of these endings, let it be a move that people are familiar with because the the end of this match was just very awkward. Delirious has him in the Cobra stretch, and Eddie rolls to his back and hooks a leg. I guess they were going for the Bret Hart Piper ending where, oh, he should have let go, but because he didn't, he got rolled up. Eddie gets the victory. Afterwards, he offers a handshake, but he uses it to pull Delirious in and hit the diehard driver. Uh, and as he's unlacing Delirious's mask, Yuya, Yuimura comes down and Eddie just kind of tosses him right out of the ring. But next out is a man we haven't seen in a little while. Jonathan Gresham made his way to the ring. Eddie Bales, he doesn't want any part of Gresham right now. We find out later in the show, these two will face each other at Hard to Kill and you'll remember jonathan gresham very famously was a long-standing ring of honor champion and was very much insistent on the honor part of it and eddie of course the leader of honor no more so i'm sure there'll be a nice build between now and january 13th but we've got those two to look forward to at the pay-per-view afterwards we had uh mike bailey backstage i guess he was coming through this was filmed from the week before where he was coming through the curtain after that banger of a match that he had with josh alexander uh kenny king was there everyone was there to you know basically yay mike bailey even put on a hell of a match kenny king was even there and he was he was applauding but he was just kind of using it to get close so he could spit in mike bailey's face uh He's happy. Mike Bailey said, you know, later on he was with uh, Gia. He said he's happy to step in the ring with Kenny anytime he wants. He just won't play these backstage games. So fight him in the ring. He's not going to attack him, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, So we're not getting that match yet, but this week we will get Mike Bailey versus Yuya Yui There's no real angle here. Just two guys who are probably going to put on a hell of a match. John Smith, how do you see this one working out?
2: Uh, Unless... Unless Kenny King gets involved giving him a speed speedball. I mean, it's totally possible that speedball could lose because of interference, though. Um, but if you, did, if you didn't see that match between him and Josh Alexander a couple weeks ago, you got to find a way to go back and watch it. Uh, that's like a match of the year candidate. If it wasn't for Sheamus and Gunther, I'd probably be calling it match of the year. And, yeah, a, a winner is you if you go back and watch that match. And it, t- and it took up almost an hour it was just about an hour that match you know yeah. there's a little there's a couple breaks that you know where they cut out the commercials so you're not you're not getting the full hour on the video but they wrestled for a full hour
0: yeah and you know they it, it's weird that they didn't kind of push that match more and kind of let us know what was happening it was that going into the show that night we thought we were getting eddie eddie edwards and delirious as the main event of that show and then, you know, Josh came out and basically said, like, I'm um, here's an open challenge. And what he was trying to do was pull Bully out to face him for the title and tell him, you don't have to use your cash in. I just want to kick your ass tonight. And then you can still have your shot at the title in January. Well, Bully said, basically, go to hell. I'm not coming out. And Mike Bailey came out and went, well, if it still really is an open challenge, gosh, G Willikers, I'll fight you. And then the two of them had a holy bleep match for fifty five plus minutes.
2: It was unbelievable. Like I, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was, I, I don't think there was like anything that could have made it better. Maybe like a, like a submission that went down to the like to the wire or something. You know, like and when there was like five seconds left, the, the guy ends up getting rolled up or something. But no, he he ended up hitting that, that his spike. Well, two times to make sure that he kept Bailey down for the for the three count, and he got the three like with maybe ten seconds left in that match. What a what a hell of a match, man! Yeah, I mean it's
0: you know I think last year's uh, match of the year was Josh Alexander versus TJP, where again they went sixty minutes. That was an actual Iron Man match. This one wasn't intended to be an Iron match Iron Man match, but it turned out to be. If you uh, like, like John Smith said, if you have about fifty-five minutes uh, to kill, and you want to be entertained? Find this Josh Alexander, Mike Bailey. You will thank us. Uh, moving along, the major players defeated Decay. Uh, they even before the bell even rang. Trey Miguel, who's now you know Evil Trey, uh, with his uh, spray paint can, he attacked uh, Crazy Steve from behind and tagged him on his back with the neon spray paint. Uh, Cardona and, uh, Myers, did a, a double team maneuver, uh, second rope neck breaker. I get, yeah, Cardona just had, uh, uh, crazy Steve up in a fireman's carry and Cardona came off the second rope with a neck breaker. They got the victory in under 10 minutes. Uh, but Trey Miguel and crazy Steve are on a collision course for the X division title at some point. We're just not getting it yet. At least not that they're advertising. Uh, Steve Macklin was backstage he's pissed he keeps beating former world champs but doesn't seem to get a title shot so now he's going to have to get that title shot by any means necessary and his first victim will be another former world champ Rich Swan. that's happening this week so John Smith Steve Macklin and Rich Swan. who do you see coming out as the winner in that one? Uh,
2: give me Macklin I, I'd like to see him you know Keep keep on getting pushed towards the the championship opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they've already got a big time heel headed towards Josh, but uh, Mac. I'm mean, having Macklin uh, laying in wait makes a lot of sense. So I think he's going to put together some wins here. Give me Macklin over Swan as well. Uh, we had Sammy Callahan defeating Alan Angels of the new group. Okay, so we, talk, we talked two weeks ago. Again, we missed last week. Two weeks ago, we talked about how uh, Eric Young was essentially murdered by Deaner to send him out of the company. Uh, Deaner's new company, instead of Violent by Design, is just the design. And he's kind of a, you know you know, very zen character right now, even though he sends his boys out to do horrible things. Uh, his, uh, his boys are Alan angels and, uh, Connor formerly of the, uh, Ascension. Um, They're just, they called him big con. Now they're just calling him con, whatever the case may be. Uh, Sammy Callahan is the first guy they're all picking on. Alan angels had a match with him. Uh, they tried to, you know, have a little outside of the ring, uh, tomfoolery. It didn't work. Sammy got the win with the cactus driver afterwards con attacked. Callahan and kind of beat him down until Diener kind of like snapped him out of it and told him, okay, that's enough. And they walked away. We'll see what's happening there. Uh, Taylor Wilde. Remember how much of an impact she didn't make when she had that big series of vignettes to bring her back to the company and then she disappeared for, I think, visa reasons for months at a time. Yep. I guess she's getting a reboot. She's now going to be the Wild Witch. boy. Watch me not really care. <laughs> uh, Pinder Gujar, he teamed with Joe Hendry. Uh, they got a win over Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice because who doesn't? Uh, uh, in the end, Moose, though, tried to get involved. He chased Hendry off the apron and out of the arena with a chair. Uh, Gujar was just fine all alone. He hit that gargoyle spear and got the win. And again, uh, something else that we didn't get a chance to talk about last week with all the goings on with Josh and Dreamer and Bully Ray, Johnny Swinger approached Scott Demore and said, "I deserve a title shot. Give me a title shot." Now, you're talking about a guy who I cannot remember the last time he got a win.
2: <laughs>
0: Scott was just so befuddled by the by the request that he looked him dead in the eye and went, "You know what? Win 50 matches, and you'll
2: get your title shot." <laughs>
0: And Swinger, This is going to be against. the
2: greatest 50-match winning streak in the history of pro wrestling.
0: Swinger reacted just like you assume he would, basically, so you're telling me there's a chance. Well, he didn't get number one of those 50 wins in this match because Bupinder Gujar took out him and Zicky Dice, along with his uh, tag team partner, Hendry, who was not there, having been chased off by Moose uh scott demore was there to oversee jordan grace and mickey james signing their contract for their women's or knockouts championship match at hard to kill uh you know things are a little bit frosty between grace and james but i guess they don't really want to have them swinging at each other ahead of time so they had tasha interrupt and you know give us a little uh, heel action she popped her head in to say hey wait a minute I thought Mickey wanted to go through all the knockouts. Last time she fought me, I beat her. It was before the last rodeo, but she still got to go through me to get to this title shot, don't you think? Well, Jordan doesn't want to see that match happen because she wants her, her, you know, women's main event protected for hard to kill. So she wasn't very happy with that. And Scott said, "You know what? We know Savannah's going to get involved anyway. Let's just make it a tag match." Well, we're getting at this week on Thursday tasha steals and savannah evans against the future opponents and this week partners jordan grace and mickey james and technically because this is the last rodeo if mickey were to lose she's retired so john smith spend a lot of deep thought thinking about this one and tell me how you think it's going to work out
2: <laughs> wait so if mickey loses this tag match she's done
0: yeah, I, guess, I guess technically if she gets pinned her, you know, her next loss, the next time she's pinned or submits, she's walking away. So technically, if she gets pinned here, it's the end of the
2: last rodeo. Well, maybe Jordan Grace should just hop off the apron when when she's about to get hot tagged in, you know, <laughs> and just watch Mickey get retired in the middle of this ring. That's not <laughs> happening. No, definitely yeah. not. Uh, I would I'm thinking that uh Mickey James ends up getting the getting the the victory for, for their team on this one. Yeah, I think you're probably correct. They're
0: definitely winning, uh, but yeah, Mickey, get, Mickey, and maybe she even pins, I mean, Savannah's there to take the pin, but maybe she even pins Tasha to shut her up, because otherwise Tasha will be bouncing around saying, well, but she didn't pin me yet, so maybe she actually pins Tasha. Uh, also, backstage, we had Giselle Shaw approach Deanna Purrazzo. Uh She said, hey, we should get the band back together, and Deanna was like, what are you talking about? You cost us a victory that made uh, made Chelsea go home. I don't even like you. Well, Giselle eventually convinced her, look, you may not like me, but Chelsea's not here. You got a tag rematch coming for those knockouts tag titles. Why don't you just use me? Eventually, Deanna relents. So this week, we're going to get it for the knockouts tag team championships. It's Deanna Perazzo and Giselle Shaw versus the Death Dolls. Not sure, you know, they kind of have the free bird rules, not sure which two we're getting, but it's been Taya and Jessica. So regardless, who do you see coming out of this Thursday's impact with the knockouts tag titles?
2: I don't think that random combo is gonna get the job done. Give me the death dolls here. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't I mean, yeah, I well, I definitely don't I don't see Deanna taking the pin, but Giselle Shaw is right there and uh, is very likely to do it. So Yes, I'm going to agree with you. The Death Dolls retain, and uh, we move along. Um, That's it for the picks for this week. Yeah, I guess that's it for the Impact picks for this week coming up. Um, Again, Hard to Kill is January the 13th. So far, we've got the the men's title, the knockouts title, and Eddie Edwards versus Gresham on that card. More to come, I'm sure, because I'm sure we'll have nine, if not ten, matches by the time we get there. That will take us through Impact and it will take us to NXT, nope, AEW, who last week presented Winter is Coming. Uh, We had dueling promos by Ricky Starks and MJF throughout the first little bit of the show. And your main event for the evening was for the AEW World Championship. It was also for the Dynamite Diamond Ring because of the way that worked out. It was a winner-take-all affair between your champion MJF and the three-time Dynamite Diamond uh, defending champion against absolute Ricky Starks. John Smith, how did it go down?
2: Unfortunately, I think we all knew how this one was going to turn out, so we were just hoping for a good match. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think we got one. There was a (laughs) couple... Couple botches looked like uh like me trying to power bomb you. Um you know they just took me it took it took me out of it. <laughs> but um, uh, not much to say about this match other than the fact that um MJF with the with the refs back turn hit the hit a low blow and just a raw roll-up for the one, two, three. And Ricky Stark gets rolled up, but I do believe that he has another shot at this title coming up. Am I wrong, or like, didn't he have? Like, wasn't this for the ring, and because he was the champ, it was also for the title. And then Ricky Stark still has a shot at the title. They they were teasing that, but they made
0: they were they were calling this one a winner takes all affair. Like Ricky was like I. I, I'm coming for both of them. I'm not. I'm, not only am I coming for both of them, I'm coming for your spot. I'm going to take it all in this one. And he did not. So, I think not. that's it. And at the end of the match, we had uh, Brian Danielson chase ah, MJF yeah. back to the ring. Uh, to MJF <laughs> he hopped the barricade, and Danielson didn't even get to the barricade. And MJF was up forty stairs and almost onto the damn concourse. So. I guess that's what's next up for MJF, although nothing's official just yet. Okay. Uh, also on Dynamite, we had the Jericho Appreciation Society backstage with Ski Skiavone. Uh, Jericho was pissed about losing his Ring of Honor title at Final Battle, and he declared that he was going to take his frustrations out on some jobber tonight. Uh, that jobber turned out to be Action Andretti. No, seriously, that's his. <laughs> And that jobber got the upset. (laughs) This was uh, an almost 10 minute match. It was back. It was one of, it kind of felt like the Kenny Omega match way back in the day when he went like 12 minutes with Alan angels. And you're like, why is it taking him so long to put this guy away? Right. Not only did Jericho not put this guy away, he hit a running uh, shooting star press and action. Andretti got the victory over
2: Chris Jericho. It's, this just doesn't make any sense to me. And, wow. and it's like, Jericho's gone on record, like, about how upset he was about the whole Fandango situation back in the day. And then for you to just, like, you know, you probably booked this yourself, yeah. you know? Like, well, what the hell is going on? Well, like, Who is this action-age ready? And if he doesn't become an instant world championship contender, then what the hell is the point of all this?
0: Yeah, well, that that is the backstage story. Apparently... A couple of months ago, when this guy debuted on a Darker Elevation, whatever the hell it was, I know I wasn't watching it. Apparently, Jericho was at the uh, announce desk and watched him perform, and he said, "Yeah, you know, he said off air, I want to make this guy a star." And now, why you would do it right after he just lost a world title? I guess you're furthering the. Oh my God, I'm so frustrated because he would have a childish fit backstage uh, jericho again you know bitching about not only losing his belt but now losing to this quote-unquote jobber but apparently jericho sees something in this kid and wants to make a star out of him which again if you didn't have that story in hand you were watching the match and going what the hell did i just see <laughs> so uh continuing with dynamite we had jungle boy beating brian cage Yes, a man who is literally twice his size. He got him with an O'Connor roll for Cha Ching, yet another roll up victory. Uh, afterwards, Jungle Boy says that he's beaten Luchasaurus and Brian Cage, and now he wants Big Bill. Big Bill is somehow the new nickname for W. Marcy. And like literally, they're going with like this acid, like, hey, we, you know, we've been calling him Marcy for as long as he's been in the company, and now we're switching. I don't know if it's all. So that eventually he can like I I have this sneaking suspicion because Chris Jericho is like an 80s rock fan and he finds his way to the announce desk quite often. And part of me feels like this entire setup with this stupid change is so that eventually he can make a reference that's going to warm my heart because I'm a fan of the band Van Halen and 99% of the rest of the audience is not going to get it when big bill becomes a baby face. And he says that big bad bill is sweet. William. Now, anywho, (laughs) jungle boy and big bill, it's coming somewhere down the line. We'll see exactly how that works out. Uh, swerve Strickland said he gave Keith Lee everything and Keith Lee threw it all away. Well, the two of them are going to have a face to face this week and just get to the goddamn fight. Uh, the House of Black. <laughs> they beat okay, so uh, this one is worth a little bit of explanation. Uh they, so it was the House of Black, the three people you know, against QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Cole Carter, formerly our boy two dimes, of the what do they call themselves? The factory. Nick Camarado, who's also a member of the factory and who looks exactly like Bruiser Brody, but for some reason they've got him working a semi-Razor Ramon thing where he flicks a toothpick at someone. Well, he flicked it at Julia Hart and she spit the black mist in his face. And this started just a melee before the bell. House of Black beats the ever-living hell out of every member of the, fam- the factory, for about five plus minutes eventually they go back inside the bell rings malachi black mass drops qt and in 25 seconds the house of black (laughs) gets actual bell to bell victory uh again as long as house of black is beating the hell out of somebody i'm happy because they are endlessly entertaining we also had ruby soho defeat time mellow afterwards anna j attacked ruby and drove her face into the mat and the announcers had to remind us that ruby had had her nose broken so badly that she needed surgery so um, it may have even been anna j who did it i don't remember because i don't really freaking care but uh look for ruby soho and anna j coming up somewhere down the line on dynamite we had hangman adam page backstage with marvez he reminded us about that terrible clothesline he took where he landed face first and knocked himself absolutely loopy and he said that on that night he could remember what city he was in who his opponent was he even knew the date but he couldn't remember his own son's name so it was a scary moment for him and yet because he's the cowboy he's ready for another shot at john moxley fast forward to rampage he would get himself involved later but it was at the tail end of a match featuring John Moxley. Moxley would take on Sammy Guevara, and
2: John Smith. Tell us how that one went. Moxley versus Guevara. It was uh, actually a pretty good match. You know that when they went to commercial, they came back and Moxley's ear was like half ripped off. And he was just like bleeding down the side of his head and onto his body. Moxley bleeding, no way. Uh, <laughs> never he's got blood on his mouth, which I'm assuming came from the ear, because yeah. it didn't look like he was bleeding at all. Then he starts making out with Tay Conti with the blood in his mouth, and it's a whole weird thing. And then Moxley comes flying through the through the, the second rope at at them. You know, Sammy pushes her out of arm's way, but takes the brunt of it. Um, Sammy ended up hitting a senton off of uh was it off of a ladder?
0: I think or, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, off a ladder through a table on the outside. And then he he hit another senton on the inside and um didn't get the didn't get the three count though and then he he hit a Spanish fly off the top rope that Moxley no sold the crap out of rolled on top of them did a couple uh arm switches and we got a bulldog choke and eventually sammy goes out from the bulldog choke and yeah boxley with half an ear on his head i, I think I, I think he might have to get stitches i'm not sure because that was it didn't stop bleeding Usually, yeah. when, once you cut yourself it stops after a while that thing did not stop
0: yeah Yeah, they've done that gimmick with somebody ripping one of his earrings out before, but I think the first time they did it, it was a gimmick. This time it might have been real because, yeah, like you said, he just kept on dripping. Uh, Afterwards, Mox uh, grabbed the mic and he called out the cowboy. Uh, Adam Page was all too uh, happy to come on out. Mox met him on the ramp. They started the brawl. Immediately, security flooded the ring. Hangman hits the buckshot lariat on a member of the security team because that proves something, apparently. And uh, then he takes Mox over the barricade as security swarms and pulls the two of them apart. When the hell is Mox going to go on this vacation he was supposed to go on like two and a half months ago when he was set to give up the world title? Looks like we're going to get Mox and Hangman again somewhere down the line. Who knows? Could be this week uh let's see we had jake cargill on the baddies backstage she's threatening Lil bow wow with legal action i don't even want to really talk about that until it's actually a match to pick i'm assuming he's going to bring some woman with him to face her i don't know why the hell we're doing this stop it vince mcmahon is the guy who takes nothing celebrities and brings them in you don't need that just wrestle uh preston vance sat down with jim ross Uh, He said the Dark Order was never his family and that Brody Jr. has turned into a snot-nosed little brat who needs to grow up. Wow. Uh, Wardlow... (laughs) When they introduced this dude, I just started giggling. He looked a lot like Idris Anafi. His name was Exodus Prime. (laughs) And he looked so pretty good for a guy i've never seen before or at least he looked good going up and down in the powerbomb four times uh Wardlow with the powerbomb symphony in four movements in just over 2 minutes afterwards Wardlow calls out Samoa Joe Samoa Joe replies via the Tron he didn't want to come to Texas he don't like Texas but he will the king of television that is Samoa Joe he will meet Wardlow in Colorado on December 28th where he will defend uh the tnt championship and then because aew loves the warm and fuzzies hometown boy dustin rhodes uh teamed up with orange cassidy and best friends to beat kip sabian butcher blade and trent seven who it was nice to see but uh he wound up taking a bulldog i believe for the win uh we also had the acclaimed. They got attacked again by Lethal and Jarrett and Dutt and Satnam Singh. Again, get to the goddamn match. Enough. Attack them like four times. We get it. That's where you're headed. Um, On Dynamite, FTR said that uh, the ass boys, who are no longer the gun club, they're just going by the guns. They wanted their attention, and now they have their attention. They reiterated it on Rampage, where they thanked the fans for the best year of their lives. But because the guns are pissing them off, they're going to have to whoop their ass this week on Dynamite. So let's pick it, John Smith. It is seven-star FTR versus the Ass Boys, the Gun Club, the Guns, Billy's Little Boys. Who gets the victory here?
2: And which titles are on the line here?
0: As, as it stands right now, none, because FTR lost the Ring of Honor titles, they didn't win against the Acclaim, so they don't have the AEW titles, and I don't see any reason why the Guns would get a shot at the IWGP or the AAA titles, so I think this is just a straight-up, we-want-to-kick-your-ass tag-team match.
2: Okay, well... Considering they just lost one of their tag team titles, I'm going to go with uh, with FTR to win, even though it is a non-title match here.
0: Yeah, exactly like you said. I could almost see them losing to set up a title shot because, like I said, this one is not at least being uh, advertised as for either one of their two remaining titles. But if you're not having FTR lose twice in a row, I don't believe. So I'm with you. FTR beats the guns. On dynamite, Britt Baker and Rebel were backstage with Renee when Sky Blue interrupted and challenged Brett to face her. Britt, excuse me, to face her on Rampage. Britt was shocked, but she accepted. Uh, Britt would then beat Sky Blue in under six minutes with a stomp. And afterwards, Britt went for a little extra damage. She went to lock in the lockjaw. The Karushita came down for the save. She took out Rebel. She took out Britt with the kendo stick. And then Jamie Hader got involved. She got face to face with Sheeta. No physicality there, but they're going to get it on this week. Sheeta is getting a shot at Jamie Hader and the AEW Women's Championship this week on Rampage. John Smith, who you got?
2: I'm going to go with the champ retaining here. Yeah, this this should turn out to be a pretty good match though, because Sheeta can go. You know, I'm not not much of a Jamie Hader fan, but. You know she can have a good match with somebody like
0: Sheeta. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think we, like you said, we will get uh, the best match match out of this because Sheeta can have really good matches. And Jamie Hater, uh, you know, she the, the fans are really, really behind her in the AEW audience, but they don't exactly have the most discerning fans. So um, it doesn't necessarily reflect on how good she is or is not. But I think she will have a good match here, and I think she will retain. Okay. On dynamite. Yes, this, this kicked off dynamite, but we're going to headline our show with it because it is that all important best of seven series between death triangle and the elite. Uh, Early on in this match, Nick Jackson suffered a leg injury and was even helped to the back. Then he pulled a Willis Reed and came back out. Uh, But after Pac missed the black arrow on Omega, Nick hobbled back to the ring Phoenix caught a kick from Nick and Penta once again used the timekeeper's hammer to slam into Nick's leg Phoenix applied an inverted knee bar and Nick did the tappy tap tap and it is now death triangle three the elite one in this best of seven series afterwards Omega got on the mic and said well if you guys are just going to cheat anyway let's make match five no dq apparently tony khan agreed with that because that's what we're getting this coming week at dynamite holiday bash however a point of note if it goes to match six which of course is going to match six that's going to be false count anywhere and that's going to be on new year's smash if it goes to match seven which of course it's going to friggin match seven we're going to get escalera De la muerte.
2: and that's going to be a Valentine's Day rash
0: <laughs> it will be a ladder match for those trios titles which I'll remind you actually have pictures of the Bucks and Kenny Omega on the plates so hey where do you, where do you think this one's going to end up <laughs> anywho let's pick Holiday Bash it's match 5 of 7 it's no DQ it's death triangle against the Elite John Smith, are we going to match six?
2: I think it's pretty obvious. You mentioned it already. You know, this. it should be, you know, at least they're doing something different for the last three matches and not just having the same type of bell bell hammer shenanigans for the next three matches. So we'll see.
0: So you, you, you've got the elite taking this one? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, yes, I would have to concur, because how else are we going to get to match number seven, which also is in Los Angeles, right? Not too far, I think it's like 20 miles away from Rancho Cucamonga, where the Bucks are from. So, yeah, let's get to Escalera de la Muerte.
2: Okay, <laughs> I think that's going to do it. Yeah, how we do on those raw roll-ups this week, I Ooh. think... Uh... I think I, I ran down a couple matches myself that had raw roll-ups. Yes, we had
0: some. Okay, again, this was where we were at the start. The, uh, we don't need that. There's the raw. Come on with the raw roll-ups. From Okay, we had uh, Jungle Boy on on uh, Cage, MJF on Starks, Eddie on Delirious, Saban. That's number four for him, which wow. means... dun 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 Where are we? There we are. We have uh, AEW extending its lead, but look at Impact jumping over Raw. And remember, Impact is two hours to Raw's three hours. I think the graphic might change in terms of the title by next year. And as we go to the most wins, Chris Saban, welcome. We welcomed Chad Gable just a couple of weeks ago to the leaderboard. Chris Saban, you are now on the leaderboard. And Ms. you are right where you belong.
2: And this is the last week of raw roll of, of our of the year, right? Yeah, um, I guess
0: we, yeah, we got a week and a half left of shows, but I don't know how many live shows we're actually getting. So uh yeah, we're getting very close. Next cool.
2: next week is our last show of the year, so that's gonna be when we tidy up our raw roll-ups, I and then I you. guess the, the following week will be week one of the new tallies. Indeed,
0: sir. So yes, we'll uh I'm sure we'll
2: do something spectacular. I don't think any of us would have predicted these results, though.
0: No, no. I, I think the whole point of it was Al wanted to kind of stick it to the people like me who call it the Raw roll-up and show just how much everybody else does it too and perhaps even more. But, I, yeah, I definitely didn't see it going down quite this way.
2: Hey, to be fair, though, when, when he started making fun of them, there was like three happening uh, per Raw it was like the only way matches were ending either that or dq there was no nobody getting finishers
0: <laughs> let's say yeah there definitely has been a i mean as we know behind the scenes but there definitely has been a change in the way that the raw and smackdown products are being presented so Absolutely. it is it is shown up on the leaderboard and the raw roll-ups all right uh
2: i guess it's time to pay the bills Yeah, the Primetime Rundown is back in its usual day and time as Joey Jarnblinka, Ian Schreier, and Mike Zabo return to Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time with everything you need to know in the sports world. Uh, Survivor Pool? uh, um, I guess we, uh, we gained no games because the Patriots blew it for me, and who blew it for you? The Commanders. Commanders. Yeah, we're the we're the only two that lost this week for us, so we're still back down by what, like four games, five games, something like that. With three uh, left to go, four in the game. or yeah, no I, yeah, something like that. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll have an epic comeback in the last three weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting it. Indeed, and, and also a Jets Super Bowl. Oh, nice! <laughs> Do you have an interest in becoming a sports reporter? Would you want to be asking high profile coaches and players questions in person? Are you a college student looking to break into the sports media industry and looking to write about your favorite team? The Eastern Observer is looking for interested candidates to join the family for college credit. Look no further, aspiring writers, social media specialists, content creators, etc., can inquire by email theosports3 at gmail.com. We're looking forward to having you join the Eastern Observer family. Yeah. The Black Cats NYC are the official band of the Eastern Observer. Check out their latest album, Free Cake, on any of these music providers. YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Deezer. Anywhere you can get your music, you can get the Black Cats NYC's album, Free Cake. Out now. Play loud. As always, the EWB is sponsored by ProWrestlingPick'em.com, the, the internet leader in sports entertainment pick'em pools. Join us in the EWP Pick'em Pool public pool to play against us or create a private pool with you and your friends. ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. Join us back here. Oh, yeah, and guys show like it too. (laughs) Join us back here next week for episode number 131 at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern on all of our viewing options that you see here. <clears throat> and while you're here now, while you're here now, change it. Oh, my God. H-E-R-E, not H-E-A-R. I've, I've tried to change it. I have no way of editing this. I know it's not you either. <laughs> while you are here, here, now, watching and listening, please make sure you like this episode. Subscribe to the Eastern Observer to make sure you get all the updates on all our shows and news articles. It's all about the algorithm folks
0: indeed
2: all right uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for us that Smith. and anything we missed or uh, anything you want to say in general um no i'm just uh looking forward to the last week of the year the rumble season like you mentioned is coming up and it is the most wonderful time of the year and i feel like when we go back and watch all the rumbles of years past It's great to watch watch them, but then when we watch the current year's one that we're looking forward to, we're always disappointed because what we want to happen isn't happening. And it's like, oh, what a crap rumble. But then when we go back and watch it next year, it's going to be a fun rumble to watch. So keep an open mind with the rumble. Who you want to win is not going to win. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Well put, sir. Well put. Well put. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, once again, as always, Alexa Bliss. And of course, there we go again. Uh, I got to stop saying her first name. We love you. Larry Steve is always in our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors.
2: Mm-hmm.